family. Find someone, greet them, let them know how special they are. Amen, because you'll be hugging Jesus when you hug them. Once you've greeted someone, you may be seated. <sighs> Amen. It's so good to see family. It's good to be with family. Because when I'm with you, I'm with our Father. Amen. And He loves us. And I know that there are several online right now. God bless you for joining with us. This morning, I know you're going to be encouraged. You know, the Lord is merciful to all of us, not because we're doing anything wrong or evil. That's not why he's merciful to us. Now, keep in mind, I need his mercy because I haven't been as good as I want to be for him. Anybody know how that feels? But that's not what he's focused on. We're all in a process, aren't we? We're all touching, being involved, and learning not to go places, do things, and not because God's telling us not to, but because it, it doesn't benefit us. It's not healthy for us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He's merciful to us every day because he believes in us, and he wants to finish something he's already started in you long before, amen, you even existed. He saw you, amen, and when you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. He was after you then. Isn't that good to know? And he knew that you and I were going to need mercy every day in the process of coming into our true identity in him. And so we go through challenges in life because we're wanting to be fulfilled. Anybody want to be fulfilled? And when you're not living out fulfillment, that can be frustrating, can it? Because you'll start trying to achieve fulfillment in areas that are not fulfilling, you know, it's called the pleasure of sin for a season, but at, at the end of that pleasure time, it's like, ugh, and it brings forth death. Amen? It don't bring forth life. It brings forth brokenness and, and um, division, broken relationships. Amen? So if you would like to be fulfilled, amen, and, and you really, you know, you've read our statement here in New Life Fellowship that we exist to lead people, amen? to freedom in Christ and build healthy relationships. If you don't really know what that means, but you can, well, I, I, Pastor, I kind of know what that means. Okay, but what excites you? And if you can't say in the moment right now what excites you, as much as you can quote that idea of vision that we exist to lead people to freedom in Christ and build healthy relationships, if you don't know what excites you, you don't really know what that's saying. Amen? That's okay. It's not that God's going to beat you up because you don't know what excites you yet. The whole point is he knows that eventually you're going to let him validate you and let you find out what really makes you excited and fulfilled. And so for this next this summer semester on Sundays, and then the elders are going to meet with those that would like to know more about why that's the vision and really what it means. And on Sundays, we're going to just spend some time with some of you that's really, I, I want to catch it. I've been excited about the dynamics of the service on Sunday. I feel the hug of Jesus. I want to be a part of giving that hug away when I leave. 
Amen. When I go to work, when I go into HEB and Walmart and I, and I go to the park, whatever we do, we want to be able to give that kind of dynamic away as sons. Because we, we, we come in here and we come as the church, the mother. And the precious power of God's Spirit, he loves to be with his bride. Jesus likes being with his bride. He loves being with his bride. And husbands that don't like to be with their bride, that's messed up. He loves to be with the bride. And it's when we gather together, amen, that oh, I'm with my bride. And we go out into the world as sons. Amen. And some of you are, I want to do that too, but I don't have a lot of confidence in my identity as a son. Okay, that's okay. Because you begin with him as a sheep. Sheep, not really smart. They keep dropping the ball all the time, and they get off the path, and he'll run them down and catch them and bring them back. And, and eventually you get the revelation of, oh, man, he's with me. I'm not stuck. Now, since I know that, he can help me face my greatest fears. Come on, that's what we learned two weeks ago. And once we're able to begin to face our fears because we know he's with us and we're not stuck, then when we go through the valley of the shadow of facing our greatest fears, he has a table prepared for us in the presence of our enemy, which we find out is really not our enemy. Anybody, anybody get a new perspective of the devil? That he's really doing his job and his job is to help you understand what darkness is like. What it's like to experience brokenness and sickness and anxiety and fear. He does his job. Everybody agree? And he, he can make you feel like you're in a prison, can't he? And the whole thing is that we don't know how much we need God. God knows exactly how much we need him. Isn't that good? That's mercy. That he knows exactly how much I need him. Way more than I know. And so the devil does his job very good. He's really not our enemy, yet he's our enemy. Okay, so don't, so you don't freak out the pastor loads this new doctrine. No, the devil is the devil. He's the enemy, but he's doing his job good. And you can't play poker with him and win. He wins all the hands. If you play poker with him, he's going to get you. It's going to cost you more than you got. And he's going to bankrupt you. And he's going to put you in a bad situation. All for good. Because eventually we'll come to a place and, you know what? I'm going to choose this thing called life. Sink or swim is life. I've been choosing death long enough. And so last week we found out about chaos and how that it's in the chaos that we like, like to run from if we'll step into it. It's like that dryer ball. Its identity is realized in the chaos. It's able to do what it does in that dryer that makes it so powerful and needed. Just like you in this world. The only way that God can finish his purpose is he limited himself to needing Adam. He needs a representative. He needs his body. You're his body. He will not do it without his body. Remember when he said, Amen. The foxes have their holes and the birds have their nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. 
he's the head and we're the body. And we're members, everyone, if we believe, we're members of the body of Christ. And together, what we can do is beyond our comprehension. Why? Because we allow the head, amen, to have his lordship in us. And he's able to go about and be who he is with his hands and his feet and his body members. Amen. You're powerful. So to encourage you, don't run from the chaos. The chaos is important because it's in the chaos that you receive your anointing. Ha. Ah. It's in the chaos that you get a revelation of who you are. Help me, Pastor. Okay, three Hebrew children. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They told the king, I don't really know. Anybody if they're placed in their walk with God, well, you don't know whether or not you're going to win or not. But I just want you to know, king, I ain't bowing. I ain't bowing to this idol. I really don't know what's going to happen, but I ain't bowing. You can know that. Seven times hotter make that fire. We're going we're gonna to see about that. And the hotter it got, they said, still ain't giving in. And they got into the fire. What did they find out? They made a decision. Y'all got to catch this because your choice is huge. And sometimes, more times than we want to admit, we won't make the choice because we don't know if we can do it or not. And the other group around those three Hebrew boys, had they chosen, well, you know what, I'm going to be on their side too. They could have walked in the fire with them as well. But they didn't make the choice. Three boys made a decision, and God met them at their decision. Amen. The enemy is going to try to get you not to choose life because you can't figure it out. Choosing life means you're going to walk in places that I don't have any. Why don't you have confidence in yourself? It wasn't because God didn't put that in you to believe in yourself. It's because the enemy does his job really good. He does it so good, we start believing all the lies. And when you believe a lie about yourself, it takes God to deliver you from the lie. And so they made a choice, and God meets them at their decision. They had to make a decision first. Like, man, if God really loves me, he ain't going to put me in a situation like this where I had to make a call on it like that. Anybody been there before? Every one of us. They get into the fire. And they're talking to who they really are. Oh, yeah. God has come in a theophany form as like the Son of Man. He's in a theophany form revealing to them who they really are. And they're having a conversation. I'm going to ask them about one of these days. And they're probably going to respond, well, he said the same thing to you too when you was in the fire. Come on, somebody's going to get you in a minute. And it's when they come out of the fire, do you hear anything more about that idol? Uh -uh. It's like that idol dissipated. It's like all the pressure that was on a nation dissipated because where two or three agree, where two or three decide, I'm going to make a decision, and it's going to be life, e-impact a nation. Every one of us in this room today has what it takes from heaven's lens to impact our world around us. Every one of us. 
the topic of the message today, and this is the reason we're here, because we talked two weeks about facing our fears last week. Amen. Step into the chaos. Not all the chaos in the world. I'm talking about just the chaos in your path. Everybody has a certain level of chaos in your path, and you're like, man, I won't have to deal with that. The Lord is not asking you to face the chaos in our world. He's asking you just to quit worried about the trouble on the right hand or the left and trust him with what he's put in your path. Just trust him. Make a decision. Because the moment you make that choice, that's where he'll meet you. Ah, choose life. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? Don't let the person in the mirror, and when I, when I refer to the person in the mirror, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the opinions, the preferences, you know, the, the perceptions that we all have that causes something in us called war, wrestling frustration, anxiety. Don't let the man or woman in the mirror come out of the grave. Make a conscious decision to choose life and put the old man in the grave. Because even though you can see that image of your human body, which belongs to God in that mirror, there's flesh there that desires to be petted and has preferences and wants to have it his or her way. Anybody had to deal with that? And the only reason I would try to have it my way is because I believe a lie. It, just, it don't look like a lie. It looks like I need to be petted. It looks like I need to be heard. It looks like that people need to pay attention that I'm around. Has anybody ever thought like that before? And because people are not paying attention that I'm around, I'm not okay and it's their fault. And I need a break today. I need you to play that McDonald's commercial right now. Is anybody hearing this? Yes, I know it because the silence in the room is awesome. Amen. Check of the emergency broadcast system. It's only a test. Amen. And so it's either war or peace. Everyone in this room is facilitating war or they're facilitating peace. There's, it's either life, which is peace, and when you walk into a room, that dynamic whew, hits everything. It's dominant. It's powerful. It has authority because you're in his name, and you've given him free access, complete with availability. Lord, have it your way. And because you chose life, he met you there and took over his house. But if you're warring inside... And, and you can be a professed believer, and you can have spirits God and know about God and, and really been, been used by God, but you still war on the inside because you haven't yet chose to sit at the table that's been prepared for you in the presence of your enemy willingly so you can receive your anointed sonship. And instead of you being a follower of Christ, now you become one with him. It's one thing to follow him. It's totally a different one to become one with him. When you become one with him, something follows you. Goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. 
and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Well, it sounds good, Pastor, but I'm going to need some help with that. I was hoping you'd ask. So we're going to talk about war and peace here for the next few moments, and I just I want to challenge you today to, to know that when you choose, and by the way, when we have what we call an altar service, that don't mean you've done something wrong. It don't mean you've done something bad. When we invite people to come forward, it means that I need Jesus on the level of becoming who he says I am. And I'm in the process. And so don't let the enemy convince you that when you're encouraged to step out of that place, your comfort zone, anybody got a comfort zone? Not a good place to be is in your comfort zone because that's where the enemy plays you, in poker. And he wins every time. To come out of that and to step into your true identity, we have an invitation when we're all getting this breath of God to say, amen, step forward. It's not because you've done anything wrong. It's because you feel the one who is doing you right, pulling you in a little closer saying, trust me, trust me, don't doubt me. I'm an ever-present help in time of need. Amen? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You're not stuck. Whatever's haunting you right now, now it's time to face it and put it under your feet. Amen? He's wanting us to say amen. That means make a choice. Amen. And so, uh, my information about uh, Nelson Mandela is that um, even though he was treated so unfairly and abused the way he was by his, his what appeared to be enemies, what he chose rather was peace in his spirit than war. And he endured some pretty, pretty uh, painful abuse. Uh, in his life. And wow, what a testimony of when God can meet someone and help them through and be an impact on a nation. Paul said it this way in, in Philippians 4 and 12, that um, what appears to be unfair and obvious injustice, he said, I've learned the secret of living in every situation. Now, somebody told me that they said, you know, pastor, I wonder sometimes if you've got a secret that I don't know about. And I said, well, ain't no secret, but if you, if, if you think it's a secret, I can tell you what it is. It's Jesus. And it's not because I'm a good guy. It's because I found out over time that he's okay with me being in the process of becoming who he designed me to be in his likeness. And he'll take what you give him where you're at. And you can be just messed up, and you can be almost like a donkey, and he'll use you. Anybody tracking with me? I mean, you can be sucking your thumb, and, 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 and if you say, Lord, I don't know if you can use what I got to give you today. It ain't much, but here it is. He can take that and multiply it, and I've learned that his mercy and his, and his graciousness is wow. And I've learned to lean on it more than leaning on my own understanding. Oh, I've had talks with a guy in the mirror all the time. He tries to come out of the grave all the time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I must have said that at least seven times already. Because it's important. 
that we pause and consider the fact that God's not mad at you because you talk to the old man. He's not mad at you because you're warring right now. There's several in the room that's warring. Let me help you. This week, there was a few times I started warring inside. And there's always symptoms that come with that. And once those symptoms show up, you know, okay, I'm not in the right spirit at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this too personal. And I know what to do because the old man's trying to get out of the grave, and he's trying to give me all kind of lawyer tips on what and why this is not fair and this isn't right, and, and you know, I'm not okay, and it's your fault, and in order for me to have a better day, you need to change. Amen? So, Paul says, I've learned the secret of living in, in Philippians 4 and 12. In every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Regardless of your situation, when you invite Jesus to be the source, I can do it. It's taking a moment and getting honest with God. Lord, I want to knock their block off right now. And I need you to help me get through this. And I know if I'm wanting to inflict wounds or pain or, or, or I'm wanting to do somebody return evil for evil, I already know that he loves them. Why don't I love them right now, Jesus? I don't know why he has to give that example often around here. Anybody have a problem with people? He's always having me give that example. And maybe we're a lot alike. And that's why you come to New Life Fellowship, because you need to find out how I get through it. And so I have to remind myself that the old man is lying to me, and those lies can only be neutralized through the presence and the revelation from heaven. So giving God a place to talk to me about how he loves the person I'm having a problem with is life-giving. If I ever find out why he loves them, all of a sudden what's wrong with them cease to exist. Amen? Does anybody believe God can talk to you about your enemy, who you perceive to be your enemy? And that if, if you can pay attention to what he's saying about what you think is a problem in your life, all of a sudden that problem is nothing and it's under your feet. I've learned a secret, Paul said. I've learned a secret in every situation, regardless of what it may be. If it's causing something, the war in your spirit, this is how you, this is how you handle it. Talk to daddy. Get honest. Tell the truth. Don't put a mask on with Jesus in your prayer time like you some perfect Christian. Come on now. When you come into prayer, bring your stuff, your backpack, it's like all the stuff in it, and drop it at his feet. He'll take it over to a cliff and drop it off the cliff because he don't want you picking it back up again. But you got to let him do that. You can't put it down at his feet. He's waiting on you to see if you're going to pick it back up here in the next few moments after you tell him the truth. And if you don't pick it back up, but you say, okay, I'm available, what you want to do? He said, hold on, let me take this over here and drop it off the cliff. He wants it to be done once and for all because that's not part of your identity. Amen? So if you're convinced that there's a secret here, 
Do everything through Christ, and he'll empower you. Amen? Um, this is the theme scripture, and I, I'm looking at the time. And this is where I'm going to go. If I don't get to the rest of the things God talked to me about, I'm going to give you exactly what he wants you to have. James 4 and 1. Jesus sets us up for a light and easy journey. This is what James had to say about our challenges. What is causing the quarrels and fighting among you? Don't they come out of the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Now, that don't mean you're going out and actually killing a person. Could be, but you can kill people's reputation. You can participate in gossip. Facebook stuff, social media, you know, you can get into a little clique and, and you can destroy and murder people, right? Scheme. You are jealous of what others have, but you, you can't get it, so you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't Get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want, or you want only what will give you pleasure. Most of you in here haven't met my little brother Billy. And the Lord gave me permission this morning around 2:30 a.m. to uh, talk about my little brother Billy. My little brother Billy loves it when I talk about him. So, I mean, he he's like whatever. If you really want to know him, you, he won't let you miss nothing. It's what you see is what you get. And any, any thought he thinks, he'll let you know what he's thinking. I love my little brother. People love that about him. I mean, he could be a politician if he wanted. He just don't like politicians. He'll tell you that too. But my little brother is 13 years old, and my father passed from this life to the next. And my little brother needed daddy at 13, pretty much. And uh, not that I didn't need him at 15, I needed him too. But my little brother is needing dad in his life, and mom is not paying attention, and she's just not, not no ill intent on her part. He wants mom's attention. My little brother decided that to get mom's attention, I'd just go steal a car and go on a joyride. And he did it. And he got her attention, he got the police's attention. He got the judge's attention. <laughs> yeah, he's 16 years old when this happens. Y'all get this. This is, this is really, oh, man, setting yourself up to play poker with the devil. 16 years old. He's already stole a car. He's on a joyride. He's not doing it because that's what he likes to do. He's wanting mom's attention. And so because he did that, they were encouraged by the judge to give him some shock treatment for like, you know, three to six months. And they said, okay, we'll, we'll go that route. If that's what you will to help him, then they, they took the counsel of the judge to put him in jail. But he didn't just go to jail. He goes to Parchman Prison. Let me just encourage y'all. You don't want to go, to, you don't even want to go visit Parchman Prison. We went and visited it. Parchman Prison is not a cool place. It's like Alcatraz out in the middle of Mississippi. They put him in there for three to six months. But the problem is he didn't stay for three to six months. He stayed for two years. 
Now tell me, is that fair? And it was supposed to be just for a little season. His paperwork gets messed up, and when they finally get it all together, it's been two years. This is good for somebody today. My little brother, when he gets out of parchment, he, he told me and my brother, he said, be sure of this, I won't ever go back to prison again. His world got shook, and he got in a position to where he got under the spout in his little cell where the glory falls out. And he got daddy's attention. Amen? And he'll tell you just like that. So, man, I ain't going back to prison. And so he's learning to hear the voice of God now. It's like, whew, boy, pay attention to daddy. Say, yes, Lord. That's a wonderful phrase. Yes, Lord. And it helps. It just makes everything better. Amen? And you don't know how he's going to do it, but once you make the decision to say, yes, Lord, he'll meet you there. Wonderful things begin to happen. It's either war or peace. You decide. And he had to decide in that prison that I need some peace. Well, he's learning to hear the voice of God. And so the Lord told me, he said, he said, the next place I'm moving you to is 600 miles from right here. When you drive up to the place that I've called you to be at, it'll roll over 600 on the, on the odometer. When you drive, that's where I want you to go. That's all he told him. And so he, he, he said, okay, 600 miles from here. He ain't thinking about nothing. And so he's, he's wanting to come visit me and my brother Wendell. And uh, he ain't even thinking about that. He drives up in my driveway, and he looks down at the odometer, and it turns over to 600. And the Lord said, this is where I want you. He'll tell you the story. I want to give you... A few things that's important for you to step into a place where you can host the peace of God. The first thing that will help you, amen, posture yourself to where you can become one that allows the peace of God that passeth understanding. You can take on the identity that God has deemed for you to take on, which is a lot like the Prince of Peace. Amen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That our identity is in him. The first thing that you want to do, amen, is start with your own personal conflict with God. Amen. Start with your own personal conflict with God. Forget about your conflict with people, your spouse, your employer, your neighbor. You can't work that out until you first work out your conflict vertical. It's when you, let, let me say it like this so you can it better get you a quick start here. If you're warring and the next person in your life is warring, how does Jesus get in? Oh, you can read all kind of self-help books and, and, and get all kind of information on how we're going to make this relationship work and how we're going to learn how to get along it ain't happening because you're warring and they're still warring. And everybody is tempted, amen, to try to have it my way. Right? So until you go to God about the conflict between you and him, well, me and Jesus ain't got no conflict. Yeah, you do. How do I know that? You got a problem with somebody. That's a symptom. If, if, if someone can 
upsets you and bring frustration and anxiety to your spirit, that's a symptom that you got a problem with the one that made you. Oh, but pastor, I got Bible study on why they're wrong and I'm right. We all have our little Bible studies that all it does is kill the relationship. And you can sit there and prove your point all day with a Bible study, but until you get the Spirit, it's the Spirit that brings life, not the letter. The letter kills. Amen? Thank God for the Bible. But you're the written epistle read and on all. God's looking for you to be a demonstration of his identity. He don't have identity without us. He limited himself, amen, to fulfilling his purpose to you and I being his representative. He comes into a body. He comes to earth and shows us how to do it. Then he leaves earth so that he could come back in spirit and fill his body with his spirit. The only hope this earth has is his body has been made available to him so that he can finish what he started 2,000 years ago. Somebody said, well, he finished it on the cross. Yeah, he finished the sacrifice and spilling the blood so that you and I could come into righteousness or into the identity, being in right standing with God, not because we're good, but because he's good. He finished that. But then there's a world out there, there's a harvest that's wide, and he's looking for laborers. Right now, the laborers haven't figured out who they are because they're still upset with people that are the harvest. Is this okay? And so until we do the vertical healing this way and we address the conflict that we have with God, amen, we're still in prison to our religious ideas and wearing our religious mask. Amen. See, 1 Peter 1, 14 says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. A person filled with conflict can only reproduce conflict. In their marriage, in the neighborhood, in the community, in our country, where does the miracle of healing start for our country? It starts in me. Me deciding I'm going to have a revival right around this little circle I'm standing in, and I'm going to get what I need resolved between me and God here and now. The problem is not our government. The problem is not a pandemic. The problem is not our social unrest. The problem is not all the darkness around me. The problem starts with me getting my conflict corrected between me and God. If peace is going to come into this earth, peace has to start somewhere. And you and I get an opportunity today because of the mercies of God that new and fresh every morning. We've been given another opportunity to say, you know what, Lord, amen, I've wasted a lot of time playing church. I've wasted a lot of time giving a lot of Bible studies on who you are. Amen, right now, I need you in my life. I need you to take over and get this warring out of me. Amen. God, you made all these messed up people around me. What do I do with them? Does this sound familiar? Our opinion on how healing should start. We battle with God first over who it needs to start with. 
And we're certain it's people that we need, you need to get rid of out of my life, Lord. If you'll clear them out of my path, I'll be, I'll be okay. And we're convinced that the resolve, amen, our conflict with God is to, God, you take care of these people. Whose passion are we praying for when we come to God about the flaws of others? I'm paying about my passion. What passion am I praying for when I come to God, amen, about the issues of others, my own passion. When we ask like this, James says, you can receive nothing from God. Now, I do want to encourage you, go be honest with how you've got heartburn with whoever John Doe and Jane Doe is. Let him know, get honest with him, and say, Lord, I need you to help me with this because I'm missing something. And when you're able to go there with that attitude to say, now, Lord, what is it about John Doe or Jane Doe that I need to know about? Uh-oh, you just got daddy's attention. And when you start asking, what do you want me to do about it, daddy? Oh, I can meet you. You're choosing life now, son. You're choosing life now, daughter. Oh, I'm fixing to give you something you didn't have because you finally asked. You finally sought for it. You knocked on heaven's door. Here it is. And the temptation to say, well, Lord, why, why didn't you give it to me before now? Why did you, why did you let me be deceived? <laughs> I'm just telling you, if you've got a problem with anybody and I, I, I can vouch, I, I'm telling you, this is what the Lord showed me through my own issues, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a problem with anybody, it's deception. And you cannot be freed from that deception. But when you go to him and ask for help. I've let the little lawyer convince me I was so right, I turned and tossed at night. I couldn't sleep. I didn't get any rest. And did you know God stepped blessing, kept blessing people while I was doing that? He kept loving on people anyway while I was being a hardhead. But I decided I needed some rest, and I had enough. Some of us need to get to a place where we've had enough. And it's not about other people. It's about me and where I'm at with God. When I got that corrected... My wife's still checking with me all the time. How do you go to bed and go right to sleep? It's not because I'm smart, honey. It's because God's good. And I begin to trust him on things I can't figure out. And some of you are wanting to get some rest. Some of you are wanting to get some sleep. Some of you are so tired of the warring in your spirit. And you know that if I can just make it to Sunday and I can feel the presence of God, everything's going to be all right. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. Isn't the presence of God awesome? But if, if that's what you're coming for, you're missing the goal. It's one thing to feel God. It's totally a different one to be filled with God. It's one thing to know that God's real. I know he's real. But to experience a God that's real on the level that you're now 
empowered by his spirit. It's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You've opened up to the place now that you're not warring any longer because you've settled the conflict between you and him. The conflict is he wants his house. Point two, point two, surrender. Yeah, you, got to, you, got, you must address the conflict this way, and you do that by surrender. Surrender. Amen. My little brother, back to him. i got a few moments. He gets to San Antonio. I hope he gets to see this. He'll love it. And he still is having an issue with surrender. You say, well, I thought he surrendered when he said, okay, 600 miles from, oh, it's San Antonio. Okay, I'll go there. Yeah, there's a level of surrender there, but there's still warring going on. He still hadn't worked the conflict out. And while he's here, he gets himself in trouble again. Oh, yeah. Man, he's meeting people left and right. And I'm saying, Billy, man, if you keep this up, we can have an election. You'll, you'll be the next congressman in this area because everybody loves him. And so he's making so many friends, and he's, he's I said, man, you're almost like a politician. You make a lot of promises, too. Yeah, but he made one friendship that got him and took advantage of him. And he woke up with the police with his face in the ground and them dragging him out of his house. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't done anything proverbially wrong. He was innocent, but this particular relationship bit him. And you talk about him having a battle at war going on now. He got a war going on and we're down at the jail trying to figure out what to do. And in the back seat of the vehicle, my little brother said, okay, we got parole. Oh, not parole. We got him out on bail. And so he's sitting in the back seat. He said, okay, whatever y'all say, I'm going to do it. I said, I said, Billy, it ain't what we say, it's what his daddy's saying. And I'm sure we're about to confirm some things daddy's been saying. But it ain't about you being a good boy. It's about you surrendering. It's about you working out the conflict between you and him. I got you, I got you. I'll say, well, you, yeah, you're going to get it now. It's like you ain't got it. You ain't going back to prison, right? That's right. There look, he's looking at 30 years, y'all. 30 years. And all the, all the voices are validating, he ain't getting out of this one. You're going to prison. But he gets under the spout where the glory falls out. And he gets a download. And he comes to me and my brother and, and Sterling Pilot at that time. He says, everything's going to be all right. You heard Daddy say that? He said, yeah, it's going to be all right. Well, that's all, that's all you need to know. You know this for a fact. Yep, it's going to be all right. Okay, I do too. It's going to be fine, son. But all the evidence and the, and, the, and the hearings are not going well. Everything's pointing. There is no way out. 
And when the attorneys are challenging him to take a plea deal, Billy said, that ain't what daddy told me. And me, me and my brother went on the turnpike and looked like, okay, he's going to be fine. Logically, he's a dumb guy based on the world. Like, you're a dummy. Dude, if you don't take this plea deal, it's 30 years. Mm-mm, that ain't what daddy said. And, and they're watching, and God is using him to be a witness of what real peace is like. For the sake of time and amen and me finishing this thought today, a miracle happened and everything was uncovered. It took God. It's like because he agreed to say, yes, Lord, the Lord met him there. And when the other group, myself and Sterling Pilot and Wendell said, yep, that's what daddy's telling us too. Our agreement moved heaven and the angels went through. Did you know God owns the earth and the fullness thereof? Did y'all know that? Your daddy? Your daddy owns the business you work at as an employee? And you're not an employee from his lens. But okay, he'll work with it until you become his steward and his little entrepreneur. He wants you to have that kind of impact in our world. Yes, God's talking to you right now. As you see, that's part of the warring going on because we're doing things in our world right now that doesn't reflect our identity. And it's like, it seems like we're stuck and we're in a prison and it's causing this war. And God says, no, this is really who you are. But getting real with God and addressing the conflict between us and him so that we can truly surrender. When that agreement happened, the miracle happened, and the, the, it was federal, by the way. The federal judge, I saw it. When he saw this thing and he saw the evidence, he got hot. I mean, he was, the, the prosecuting attorney was in trouble that this man had to endure this. And it was so embarrassing for the, the, the prosecuting attorney and their team, God was showing us that he owns it all. And until he decides, he's the one in charge. And he spoke through that judge and let them know how innocent this man was and expunged everything ASAP. Amen. I, I really hadn't done the story justice because it is wow on what God did for him. And God wants you to know that there's no circumstance, no situation that you're in, no storm, no chaos that he's not Lord of. But the reason you're in it is for you to find out who you are. And yes, it may be seven times hotter. And your health may be seven times worse than it's supposed to be. And your marriage may be on the rocks Amen. It's been crushed seven times almost. God's not through. Because when we come out on the other side, peace be still. I've been right there with those disciples in a boat where Jesus is trying to show me how to sleep. And I'm thinking I'm going down. And I was blaming him for it. Anybody ever done that before? You don't care, Jesus. 
I'm going through this right now. I've got emotional stress right now. I think I'm going to die and you're sleeping. And he's doing this so that we can start addressing our conflict with him because the issue is not the storm. The issue is not the revival he's sending us into or the miracle that we're about to proceed. The issue is he's getting us ready. Amen. He's, he's posturing us to accept who we are. And then lastly, thirdly, if you want to stop this war that's going on, be filled with love. Jesus baptizes us with his spirit and fire. It's called the spirit of love. John 15, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will be overflow. You see, when we ask, not because of what we want, but because of what Jesus wants, we now care about the ones who appear to be the reason that we are in conflict. You see, Billy released his enemy. One person caused all that problem on my little brother. And when he was able to release who appeared to be his enemy and deal with the conflict within, God spoke and angels went to work. He faced his fears. I'm never going back to prison again. I ain't going to do that. That was a fear. And Billy needed to deal with it. Well, what if my call on your life includes you going to prison, son? What if the ministry I have for you is to be a steward of those that are in prison? And Billy come to grips with it and said, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm yours. You decide. And it was until then that he worked that conflict out. <sighs> no, I'm not going to send you to prison, son, because that's not the ministry. I have another ministry for you. Thank you. It's not my will, but thy will be done. And I'm just going to tell you, every day I wake up, ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking at that guy. His will wants to win. And I have to come to grips with the reality. I have to make a choice. And the choice is what God's waiting on. Some of you are afraid of the choice that God's asking you to make because it don't add up. When you choose life, it don't look correct. It looks like, I, I can't do this. Because we've been listening to this lie about who we are for so long. To choose to be God's daughter or son, his child, it's just too overwhelming because I've heard this is who I am all my life. It takes God to deliver you from that lie. And the only way you can address that lie, start with addressing the conflict, then surrender. And when you surrender correctly, Guess what's going to happen? You're going to be filled. Come on, they were saying, Lord, tell us. We've had all we can handle of all this Roman imprisonment and dominion. When you're coming back, Lord, to, to set your kingdom up and get them straight. 
I said, you, 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 I'm not coming to do what you think I'm doing. I'm coming to do something else. He says, not for you to know all the things you think needs to be straightened up. I need you to do one thing. I need you to tarry and hold out until you be endowed with power. And when you get endowed with power, then I'm going to be able to do what I need to do through you. Then you can be my witness. Then you can be my light. It's at that point you can be my salt. And you will demonstrate peace that passeth understanding. You will demonstrate the love of God on a level. <sighs> and you won't be warring any longer. Anybody want to walk into that place where you're not warring? Well, my grandmother, y'all know her, I talk about her all day because she impacted my life. When she could sit at a window and wash dishes and get a phone call, her 17-year-old boy is in the hospital and to get down there now. But she's standing at the window washing her dishes, and the Lord's already told her, look, a storm's on the way. It's going to be all right. She hears it. A storm's on the way. It's going to be okay. Oh, God, okay, a storm's on the way. It's going to be okay. She starts thanking God. Thank you, Lord. Gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. Just, and she's singing and having, she gets the phone call. It's just, I mean, it's just moments later. She gets Get down to the hospital now. Walks in, the doc comes to her. They can't, even, they can't even explain why he's still alive. He shouldn't be alive. And they said, man, we just want you to be prepared that he's probably not going to make it. We're still confused on the fact that he's making it this long. Oh, she said, oh, it's going to be okay. Doc said, you don't understand. It ain't okay. Oh, yeah, it's okay. I'll, I'll be sitting right here. Let me know when everything is finished. The doc walks away like, okay. And uh, he got run over by a motor grader for you that didn't know. He got backed over, six-inch blade, rolled him into the ground, rolled his legs over his head. He was smashed into the ground. All of his bones were broken. Started raining. The ambulance got stuck. It was on road construction. They had to get a dozer to pull the ambulance out. It took forever to get him to hospital. He ain't supposed to be alive. Woke up on the operating table and said, hey, doc, take care of me. Doc freaked out then, too. Like, what? He lived through the surgery. They put him back together. It took hours upon hours to get him back together. And he lived. They were practicing medicine. They come out, they were bewildered. Grandma's just waiting for the, hey, he made it, and we just don't understand. I said, he'll be fine. Six months later, he walks out of the hospital. Why? Because God wanted him to deal with the conflict between him and God. He wanted him to surrender, and mom, grandma been praying, whatever you need to do to get your boy, I'm all in. You sure, honey? Yes, yes, sir. You promised me all my kids. Okay. Your prayer's powerful. We're going to go through a storm to get this one. This is the time where we say, okay, Daddy, uh, I need you. 
And uh, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to make a choice today. It's life. And the people in my life that I'm having problems with, I know you forgive me because I'm able to forgive them, and I'm going to need you to help me right now. Forgive them, Lord, because I'm just going to get honest. I had murder in my heart. I'm honest. That's what I like to hear. I knew you had it there. I want you to tell me. I knew it was there. I need you to confess it. Tell me about it. Get honest. Tell me the truth. I'm going to give you now a truth that's going to set you free. And you're going to fall in love with the one you want to. And you're going to realize you need them in your life for you to step in the anointing I have for you. Could we stand?